is up, guys? This is your host, Carson Harris, and I'm super excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Seek Life Today podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into some questions, and we're going to be diving into the Bible to answer these questions. So we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit, joy, and so we're going to be trying to answer some questions like, how can we live a happily life? How can we live a life full of joy? And where can we find this joy or happiness? How do we find it? And who do we find it from? And I really think that this comes from a sense of feeling completion. But before I get ahead of myself, let's uh, bow our heads and pray. If you're in a spot where you can close your eyes and pray, let's do that. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I just want to thank you for this amazing opportunity. I think that it's so cool that I have a place where I can come and speak about you, God, speak about the gospel, speak about your truth. I think that it's so cool that um, I have a place where I can come and just preach your gospel. I just pray that you will open the hearts and the ears of the listeners and that they will accept this word that um, you're going to speak through me, Lord. I just pray that they will have open hearts and that they will accept your wisdom and your truth. And so I just really pray that these words that um, are, are coming out of my mouth, that they're from you, Lord, and not from me, that these words are your truth and not my truth. And I really pray that as you teach these listeners and that they listen with open ears, that you will also teach me throughout this episode because I'm flawed and I need improvement, Lord. So I just pray that um, as the listeners, they're taught a message throughout today that I'm also taught, Lord, and that I myself will accept this message and accept this truth. And I just want to thank you once again for this amazing opportunity, and I just want to say thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. That's so amazing. And I think that as we grow closer to you, Lord, I pray that we will see these characteristics called the fruit of the spirits, which we're talking about. I just pray that we will start to see them within our lives because as we accept you and as we go closer to you, I just pray that we will not become you, but become more like you because we all know that we can never be Jesus. We can never be you. We're human. We're imperfect. But I just pray that we can become more like you and that we just have... um a desire to be better, a desire to be like you. And um, in your son's holy name, we pray. Amen. So today's episode is about joy. And I really want to dive into Psalm chapter one to kind of answer this these questions about joy and happiness and where is it from and how do we get it? So the first verse of Psalms chapter one says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So a blessing is a favor or gift bestowed or given by God. And this gift is, um, which brings happiness. So this gift brings happiness. So if we go back to this verse and in its context, blessed means happiness, joy, and satisfaction. It's referring to being complete in God. So it says, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So blesses the man who walks in the counsel of the godly. Blesses the man who walks in the path of righteousness, in the path of God. And so it brings this sense of happiness, joy, and satisfaction. But ultimately, it is the completion from God. We should not be searching or seeking to be happy in the world or finding this joy and satisfaction. Instead, we should be seeking to find this completion in God, which brings this satisfaction, this happiness, and this joy, if that makes sense. So in this life, we often walk in the counsel of the ungodly, 
and we stand in the path of sinners. So like I know I have certainly made unwise decisions based off of pridefulness and self-fulfillment. Like I believe that these sins and worldly desires and pleasures are more appealing than the promises of God. And this is such a lie, such a fat lie from Satan. And yet I still believe it, not necessarily believe it. Like I know that it's not true, but yet I still walk in that path to find that satisfaction when I know the ultimate satisfaction is from God. And it's so crazy that we as humans will continue to go down a path and down this this ugly road to try to find satisfaction and this sense of completion for morally things. Like as Christians, we know what we're supposed to find this completion from, but yet we still go in a different path on our own path. And we're supposed to find completion from God but we try to find it from ourselves. So like the key thing here is that we cannot complete ourselves. Like we are not complete without God. So like we walk in disobedience. We run to these worldly satisfactions that will never, never satisfy our souls. And like, this is such a huge issue. Like we as humans need to do better than this. We as Christians need to do better this than this most importantly because we've been called to repent so we've been called to repent of our sins so that we can experience these blessings of god and i think that these blessings of god encompass so much more than just heaven itself like yes we accept the gospel to be true so we can spend eternity with him in heaven yes that's true but also when we accept him and live with him in our in our worldly lives our earthly lives we also experience blessings from God that reach down from heaven onto us. So it's more important to not only be looking forward to the blessings of heaven, but also to experience these blessings on earth that are from God and to not overlook them. So I think that in order for us to experience the blessings of God and be blessed, joyful, and completed, according to this verse, we must not stand with ungodliness and we, because we have been called to live a life out of sin, so we've been called to repent of our sins, but also we must not surround ourselves with sin. And I think that this can encompass much more than just sin itself. It can be the friends we surround ourselves with, the type of music we allow ourselves to hear, and the type of media that we allow ourselves to see. What we, what our eyes see can determine who we are. What we hear can determine what we say. And so what we surround ourselves ultimately is who we are. And so we are told in this verse to not surround ourselves with ungodliness or stand in the path of sinners, nor sit at the, uh, nor sit at the seat of the scornful. So we've been told to put ourselves away from the sin. We've been called to repent from it, but also to not surround ourselves with any type of worldly sin or satisfaction or these desires, which can come from television shows, the music we listen to. So the next verse says, but his delight in the law of the Lord and his law, he meditates day and night. So a blessed man or woman delights in the law of the Lord. This is not like literal laws, but more of teachings and instructions, which we can find in the Bible. Delight in this context means to experience great pleasure. So we are to experience great pleasure and satisfaction in the law of the Lord. From being in the word of God, we're supposed to find this great pleasure. So reading his word and delighting in it will bring us so much more satisfaction than worldly idols will ever. It's like when we are surrounded by sin, we are completely 
in the opposite direction of God, in the opposite direction of finding this completion or being complete in God. And so when we surround ourselves with sin and we're sitting at the seat of scornful, of the scornful, then we will we'll never be satisfied there. And when we make a transformation in our lives and decide to seek Jesus and we start to delight in the law of the Lord, we will see these transformations within ourselves and we will ultimately be complete in God, which is amazing because we're seeking, as humans, we're seeking to be complete. That's what we're seeking for because completion brings satisfaction, joy, and happiness. And so that's what we're seeking for. We're seeking for being complete, but we're doing it in the wrong, in the wrong areas by standing in the path of the ungodly standing in the path of sinners and sitting at the seat of the scornful. We're doing these these worldly things and these sins to find completion, but it will never bring us completion. And so this verse is telling us delight in the law of the Lord and meditate day and night on this on this word. And I think that is so amazing because we can not only use this word in times of temptation, but also in those times when we when we are surrounded by sin and we experience all this evilness or unrighteousness, we're we're surrounded by this evilness. We're in a path of unrighteousness. We can delight in the law of the Lord and meditate day and night on it, and we can experience a transformation from being a dead and coming alive. We can be resurrected just as Jesus was from being. In the word of God, from delighting in the law of the Lord. It will not only teach us who, delighting in the law of the Lord will teach us who God is and who he's calling us to be. So it will not only transform our lives, but it will teach us who God is and who God wants us to be. And I think that's so amazing. So this verse tells us to meditate day and night in scripture and I think that this this is so we can prepare ourselves for those days when we feel the urge to seek worldly things. It prepares us to fight against the enemy and temptation. So like when we hide God's word in our hearts, we are more likely to experience this victory, his victory, which happened on the cross, and like the aspect of defeating sin. So it's not really our battle to fight because Jesus has already won it on the cross, but we still have to like accept it. Accept that truth, accept that the victory happened on the cross, and we still have to be equipped with the armor of God, and we have to fight every day as a battle against the enemy, as we're going to experience these worldly temptations, but when we hide God's words in our heart, we are equipped for this battle. We accept this truth, and we accept this victory, and so when we accept this victory, into our lives and we delight on the law of the Lord, we are preparing ourselves for victory. So like we we already have victory on the cross, but we have to accept that victory. And I think part of accepting that victory is by being in the word of God, reading the truth and delighting in it and meditating on it day and night. When we read scripture and study the scripture, we are better preparing ourselves to accept the victory in a sense. So I'm kind of getting confusing here, but I think, um, I think I got my point across and I think it makes sense. So I have a question here that I want to ask, why must we fight a battle against sin if Jesus already beat it? And I kind of already kind of explained that, but this goes back to repentance. So in order to receive the free gift of God, we must repent of our sins and turn to God. 
Like while the ultimate victory has been won, we still have to live our lives in obedience to God. We have to fight until the end of our lives. So like this may be extremely overwhelming to look at it from this type of perspective. We must fight every single day for the rest of our lives. But I think if we keep a day-to-day mentality, we, we will have a much better perspective in the sense that we're fighting today and only today because yesterday is gone. That was the past. We can't do anything to change yesterday. We can only do stuff today to change the future. And we shouldn't worry about the future because the future's not here yet. So if we worry about today, fight today's battle only, I feel like this is a much better mentality to have and it will be an easier mindset to fight fight against this temptation and sin. So we, we have to fight against sin because we're going to experience these temptations. So we have to fight against it, but we are to flee from this temptation and we are to flee from the temptation and run to the father, run to the word of God, delight in it, meditate on it day and night, because doing this will allow us to accept his victory on the cross. Doing this will allow us to experience his victory over sin. And we will find this freedom in life, freedom in him. So fighting today is so much easier than when we are actively reading the word of God. It only prepares us, but it allows us to grow in satisfaction and happiness from the Lord. So moving on to the next verse, verse three of uh, Psalms chapter one says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruits in the seasons, whose leaves also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm gonna read it again because I think this is full of just straight facts, which the whole Bible is, but I really like this verse. He shall be planted like a tree by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruits in its seasons, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is an important metaphor because we cannot expect a tree to grow without water, so how can we expect ourselves to grow without the living water of Jesus? So in order for us to grow, we must have Jesus. In John chapter 4, there's a story about a Samaritan woman who meets Jesus. In this story, Jesus is referred to as the giver of living water. He literally brings freshness in the sense that he brings fulfillment. Furthermore, he is the source of life itself, so he brings life and gives life. He's the bringer and the giver of life. I like this analogy where it talks about being thirsty and how we drink water on earth, like we'll become thirsty again. So like we take a sip of water, we have a bottle of water, we take a sip of it, several hours pass or several minutes, we become thirsty again. So we have this this thirst, inner thirst, and we have this desire, this desire to complete it. But when we drink water, it's a necessity for life. We drink it and we constantly need it. We constantly need it and we become thirsty again. And I think that this is a cool analogy because our bodies need water for survival. So when we we become dehydrated, we become thirsty. So like our physical bodies are thirsty, but so is our soul. So like as we drink this water, we're drinking the water, we, we get filled up, but then the water level goes back down. We're thirsty again. We're dehydrated and we need water. And this is the same thing with our souls. So when we fill our souls up with worldly things, worldly temptations, we fill our souls up partly, but then it drains down. Fill our souls up and then it drains back down. And so over time, we're just constantly filling ourselves up and going back down. But when we fill ourselves with Jesus, the giver of life, the living water, 
we are completing ourselves, or actually we're not completing ourselves. God is completing us through his son, and we can find that completion through him. So we're allowing God to complete us, which fills up this, this inner thirst of our souls forever, for eternity. So our physical bodies like are thirsty, but so is our soul. This is such a cool analogy. So when we fill our souls with Jesus, it will last for eternity. So by drinking or being in the word of God, it prepares us for eternity with him, but it also satisfies the thirst, this inner thirst of our souls. And like I mentioned earlier, satisfaction is a huge factor of finding happiness. So in order to find the happiness and experience joy on earth, we must really seek to find these things from above, but not really find satisfaction and happiness, but find completion by being complete in God. These other these other characteristics come. So like there's another aspect of this metaphor about bearing fruit. So in order for us to bear fruit and be prosperous, we must be providing life to our souls. Water is a necessity for life, and Jesus is a necessity for a Christian life. In order to live a life where we have these byproducts of spirituality, we must be in a relationship with Jesus continuously. We must be in his word and in communion with him daily. We have to be reading the word, delighting in it, meditating on it day and night. So like these byproducts that we experience from being in the word of God and from growing closer to him include godly friendships and relationships but also more personal and individual characteristics like being in communion with God first prepares us, then allows us to have further byproducts, if that makes sense. So like some of the characteristics that we gain as we go closer to him are the fruit of the spirits, which are listed in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirits are love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So like as we go closer to God, we have these byproducts of our faith which which include like friendships and relationships that we can have. Like last week we talked about love and as we grow closer to God who is love, we can experience these worldly relationships or not necessarily worldly relationships, but we can experience godly relationships, experience a godly marriage that is a reflection of God. But we first have to gain these characteristics all these different characteristics, they go hand in hand. And so last week we talked about love. And so before we can gain these characteristics like love and joy and the other fruit of the spirits, we first have to go to the source of love itself, the person who is love, Jesus, God. So we have to go to that. And then we will gain these characteristics, which are byproducts of our faith. And these byproducts of our faith prepare us for relationships in the future, godly marriage, godly friendships, but it also, in a way, gives us satisfaction and happiness and pleasure, but it ultimately comes from the Father. So, if you get what I'm saying, I think that's so cool because... Like, these characteristics that we gain, they lead to other other byproducts, but these characteristics are byproducts of our faith. And so these byproducts of our faith, these fruit of the spirits, lead us to have further byproducts of our faith in the future. So gaining these characteristics prepares us to be better people, and it prepares us who, for who God is calling us to be. And by having these characteristics, we, we find satisfaction and completion from God if that makes sense. 
So verse 4 says, Ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. So chaff, I'm probably saying this word wrong. Correct me. You can DM me. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, Yeah, you can always call me out and correct me when I say stuff wrong. I do not I do not have perfect grammar. So anyways, a chaff, I'm probably butchering it, but it refers to like the husk of grain that are tossed into the wind. And I really think of a tumbleweed when I read this verse, like those things in cartoons that would uh just like a little bush bush or twig that would roll around in a circle and just roll down in the desert. So like these bushes or like twigs, they have no life and they just roll around without purpose. So they roll and blow around with no purpose in the wind. So like when we seek things of the world rather than Jesus, we are in the same as these twigs, these dead twigs without life. They're rolling around. We're the same in the sense that we are living without Jesus. And because we're living without Jesus, we're living without purpose and we're living without life because he is the the bringer and the giver of life. He brings and gives life. So when we are seeking things that are not him, we're not seeking life itself So we're living without purpose, we're dead, and we're just rolling around in the wind. So instead of being like the tree planted near the uh, the water in the last verse, in this verse, life is described when we are living without that water. When we choose to live life without Jesus, we're living without purpose, we're living without purpose, and there are no productivity, there's no productivity or like good byproducts of our faith. And there's no blessings, essentially. There's no satisfaction or completion from God. So how can we live a life of happiness in completion if we're living without purpose? In order to live with purpose, we must be seeking the things from above. So verse 5 says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So Stand in this verse means to survive. So in this context, stand means to survive. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. So these, the unrighteous will not survive the judgment of God. So the ungodly and sinners who are, they're the same. So the ungodly and sinners, they're the same. They will not survive God's judgment, nor will they be in the congregation of the righteous in heaven. So while we're talking about happiness in this episode, I want to make it clear again that we, when we are wanting happiness, we need to be seeking fulfillment and completion from God instead of like searching for happiness in the world. So sometimes uh, this isn't the case. Sometimes we are not seeking happiness. I mean, we're not seeking completion from God. We're seeking happiness in the world. But when we seek Jesus for fulfillment and satisfaction, we're wanting to be complete in him so that we can see our ability to do great things in his name, if that makes sense. We're wanting to be prosperous and we're wanting to live with purpose. So if we don't want to live life with purpose, then we're, we're living life in sin. And it's not that simple. It's a little bit more complicated. I, I completely want to acknowledge, acknowledge that because a lot of the times we're confused and we're seeking the world. But as Christians, we know that we are called to repent. We know that we're called to live differently. But yet we still live in this, these bad ways and in these sins. So it's not, it's not that simple. But when we are living with Jesus, we're wanting to be like him. We're wanting to do better. We're wanting to be better. And we're wanting to be prosperous. And we're wanting to live with purpose. And we're wanting to have byproducts of our faith and spirituality. And so... um. 
when we seek the world instead of Jesus or when we completely neglect Jesus and abandon him, we're living in like violation of God's law. And so I saw this somewhere and I can't remember where, but it says something along the lines of no one can violate God's commandments and refuse to repent without incurring God's wrath. We can't expect to live in sin and not expect God's wrath. Like we can believe as humans, we can believe there is no God. And so therefore we can live in sin, live in, live however we want to live because there is no God and we're not going to experience any type of punishment. But this isn't the case. And as Christians, we, we need to repent and seek Jesus because we know that there is a God. And every time that we, we make a mistake or repeat a sin, we need to keep in the back of our minds, we're not incapable of experiencing God's, God's wrath or judgment. And now, as Christians, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But it's key important to remember here is repentance. And I think that is really important to remember. We are to repent of our sins. So that doesn't mean as Christians we're going to live without sin. Just when we do sin, we're called to repent. And that doesn't mean that we can take advantage of God, God's grace or glory either. That's not what I'm saying. So we may let's get back to the let's get back to the topic. So we may think that we are incapable of experiencing his wrath, but we're not. Through through Jesus and our repentance of our sins, we may be saved, but it's solely through what happened on the cross that we even have the option to repent. So in order for us to be saved, we have to accept Jesus as our savior and we have to repent of our sins. But the only reason that we even have this option is because Jesus came and died on the cross because if you look back in the Old Testament, they did not have this this type of relationship with God where they had a savior that came and died for them. Like Abraham, he had to sacrifice. He had to make sacrifices. These people in the Old Testament had to make sacrifices. Abraham almost had to sacrifice his son, his only son, which is is so cool because God sacrificed his only son so that we could be forgiven of our sins. So in order for us to be saved, we have to accept Jesus and what he did on the cross and we have to repent of our sins but because he died on the cross, we have this option of repentance. So that's such an amazing thing to be thankful for. Because if it weren't for Jesus, we would not even have this option of being saved, of being complete in God. So our salvation and freedom solely comes from Jesus and only Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone our salvation and freedom comes from. So in this verse, it's clearly talking about how God will divide his people from the ungodly. And this is going to happen. Matthew 25, 31 through 33 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Then verse 6, Psalm chapter 1 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So the ungodly who float around without true life and without purpose will be separated from the kingdom of God. How do we expect to experience eternity with Jesus when we live a life of no purpose on earth, chasing worldly things, and most importantly, living life without Jesus? How can we expect to live with Jesus forever when we aren't even living with him now? How do we expect that? We think that we're incapable of experiencing God's judgment and wrath. So I bring these questions up because they they add so much depth 
to this to this episode because it's it's deep stuff. Like these are some thoughts that we we try to avoid because we know that we don't like the answer because the the answer is Jesus and that we need to uh, repent of our sins. We don't like that because we like to live in the worldly things and find completion in them, but they will never complete us. So we're talking about happiness and how we can find it. We can find it in many things, especially worldly things, but true happiness comes from Jesus, which is that feeling of completion, fulfillment, pleasure, and satisfaction. These are the things that we should be seeking to find, not in the world, but in Jesus. We're, we're supposed to be finding this completion in Jesus, and a byproduct of that is happiness, a sense of joy. And joy and happiness aren't exactly the same thing, but for the context of this episode, they kind of are. But... um. The way referred to in this verse is a lifestyle. So it says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. This way of the righteous is a a lifestyle. He knows the righteous, and he knows that the righteous are made righteous only through him. He knows that they walk in his blessings and satisfaction. They meditate and follow his teachings. They are intentional and they live with purpose. And by living life like this, they become completed in Christ. And a byproduct of being complete in Christ is this sense of joy, this sense of happiness. So a Christian life is not easy. It's not always going to be rainbows and sunshine. It will not always be happy. But sometimes when we experience those those dark times of trouble, we can still find completion from God. So we're not always, as Christians, we're not always going to be happy and joyful because there's going to be hard times. But in those hard times, we can still find completion in God. And by doing that, we can experience happiness and joy. So the key takeaway from this episode is that we cannot we cannot seek worldly things and find happiness and joy. Like we can experience happiness and joy on the earth. And God wants us to experience these pleasures, certain pleasures, but when it comes to sinful pleasures, we're not we're not to experience them. We're to repent from them and find this completion from God that will ultimately bring joy and happiness as a byproduct. So, if you don't know Jesus, I pray that today you uh, learned about him and that a, uh, a light was sparked within you. Colossians 2.10 says, this is the, um, and this is the Living Bible version because I like how elaborate it is, but it's simple at the same time. Like, it goes into much more details than other versions, but it keeps it simple. It says, so you have everything when you have Christ, and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. I'm going to read that again because I like this verse so, so much. So you have everything when you have Christ, and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. The New King James Version, which this is the version I normally read, says, you are completed in Him. So, I just pray that the Holy Spirit move throughout this episode and that we will find our completion in God, that we will be complete in Him so we can do great things for His kingdom. I pray that we will repent of our sins, that we will meditate on His word and find satisfaction in it. I pray that we will be like a tree planted near a river and that we will satisfy our thirst with Jesus so that we can be prosperous. I pray that we will live with purpose and seek your kingdom, Father. I thank you that we can be declared righteous. I thank you that we can be declared righteous because of your son. 
I thank you for this opportunity to be declared righteous. And the only way that this opportunity is available is because what your son did. I thank you for this, this ultimate sacrifice that brings freedom and forgiveness. And I just pray that as, as we continue to learn more about you, Lord, that we will see these characteristics within ourselves because we are seeking you. They are representing you. And I just pray that we will seek you to find completion, that we will seek completion in you and not seek happiness and joy. I pray that we will seek completion in you. And because we, we seek this completion in you, that we will experience happiness and joy, which are, in a sense, your blessings. I thank you for today, and once again, I thank you for this opportunity. And I just want to pray, once again, that these words were from you and not from me, Father. In your son's holy name, I pray. Amen. So guys, gals, and pals, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I really pray that you took something from it and that something stuck with you. And I want to challenge you guys to do something throughout the next week. So I want you to find completion in God so that you can experience these blessings obviously. So if you haven't, you haven't find completion in God, find completion in him. But I also want to challenge you guys to be in the word of God every single day for the next week. And I want you to see what it does to your life. Read it at like 15 to 30 minutes a day for the next week and to see what it does to your life. And I also want to challenge you guys to be very aware and intentional and just careful with what you allow yourselves to hear and listen because it can determine who you are. So be very careful with that. And um, really the main challenge is to just find completion in God and to read your Bibles and find the truth in it and just let this truth set you free and see what it can do to your life. I'm also going to be participating into this uh, challenge, into all the challenges. Um, Anyways, thanks for listening. I love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Stay blessed and seek life today.